This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, I see what you're doing there. Funny. Yes, Star Wars is a great conversation starter. Uh, That includes the fourth graders, actually. On my Sunday mornings in class, I have a couple of fourth graders who love Star Wars. So every time I bring up Star Wars, they are really excited. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter. For the most part, Star Wars is kind of a universal conversation piece if you find people who love it. So it definitely helped me kill nearly half hour of a really bad date. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to call it a date. It was more like a coffee appointment. Actually, it was was a coffee charity because I paid for it. (laughs) Ten bucks, by the way. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're fresh off of Divisional Weekend. We're a few days away yet from Championship Weekend. We've got injury updates. We've got retirement updates. We've got disappointment oozing from some of the locker rooms where the eulogies were being delivered. Now, they wouldn't call it that, but that's exactly what it is. They call them exit interviews. I tend to refer to them as eulogies, and they're painful. But I think you will hear as we go through the Bills and then the Jaguars specifically, the tone is so different because expectations play such a key role. We're human beings. Whether or not we try, because there are times when I feel like my expectations, the fact that I have very high expectations, it means that I'm set up for a much bigger fall. And that's true. But the thing is, lofty expectations are not only belief in myself, but belief in the people around me. And when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, they had great belief and confidence in their locker room and in their ability to finally capitalize on opportunities. Not to mention confidence in their fans and being at home. Their success in the AFC over the past couple of years. So their lofty expectations, Super Bowl expectations, set them up for a much harder fall. But you know what? The Dallas Cowboys had those same expectations. So I ask you, take our poll on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or you can respond on Facebook. Heavens, you're definitely responding on Facebook. You have found the post. Which was the greater disappointment which team suffered the more disappointing exit buffalo dallas and it's interesting how much you all are convicted about your answers many of you are saying without a doubt no doubt it has to be this is the only answer (laughs) Ah, there's always more than one answer 
If you're waking up on your Tuesday morning, good morning to you. Great to have you with us. After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Mentioned our Twitter and our Facebook. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. We are diving into an an extended edition of QB News. We're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh, my goodness, it's tossed. For QB News on After Hours. Let's. Oops, let's leave our microphone on. Let's start in the Buffalo Bills locker room because Josh Allen, the disappointment is palpable. You can hear it in his voice, you could see it in his body language. He knows they wasted a prime opportunity. Not only was the game in Orchard Park, it was in the snow. Their team was tough, had been playing so well on defense. They had won eight in a row. I guess theoretically you could say they were battle-tested and playing their best ball of the season. They had DeMar Hamlin in the building, although I don't know that they would have used that as a reason for why they should have won this game. But for some reason, they came out flat. I don't know why, but you could see it. You could see that they never really found a rhythm and groove. And the Bengals deserve a lot of credit for that, but some of these were self-imposed Issues. Some of these were self-inflicted wounds, if you will. And so for Josh Allen, he's trying to find the silver lining, but his tone of voice says something different. I don't want to just discredit um, everything that we did this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of lot of positives that we saw throughout the year. You know, a lot of adversity that this team had been dealt. Um, I'm still proud of our team for how we handled some of those really adverse situations. Um, you know they they weren't they weren't all easy and uh, that's the NFL man. Every there's gonna be 31 unhappy teams and this is gonna be the feeling every year uh, unless you win the Super Bowl. Um, so again, obviously we we wanna we wanna win our last game and we didn't do that. So um, lot to learn from, lot to grow from, um, but you know we're gonna stick together as a team. That part I appreciate. He is the leader, and he will find a point at which he's ready to pick himself up and lead the team forward. But I would disagree with him on this point. He is certainly entitled to his opinion, and that's how he feels. Or maybe he doesn't. He's just saying it. Not all disappointment is created equal. Their disappointment is not equal to the Jaguars' disappointment. Their disappointment is far greater. The Bills coming up short three years in a row, but back-to-back AFC divisional round games, not returning to the AFC championship, not making a Super Bowl in this window. That's a far greater and heavier disappointment than the Jags surprisingly winning AFC South and actually picking off a team in the wild card round of the postseason at home. Now, Allen had been suffering with 
an injury going back to it was shoulder, right? Shoulder injury uh, going back to mid-season. I'm not sure why it came up uh, other than the fact that really their offense never found any type of a rhythm. Um, but he says that's not what happened on Sunday. Just kind of felt like maybe I was trying to throw it a little differently mechanically. I had to change a few things um, and, and got away a little bit from um, – you know how I how I use how I'm used to throwing the ball, and uh, that's just kind of a byproduct of that. But again, it didn't didn't affect me too much. He was saying he hasn't felt any type of residual pain going back the last few weeks that he finally felt completely normal, even if he was changing an arm angle here or there. And that's certainly something that's well within Josh Allen's repertoire. Again, I don't really know why that came up, except maybe reporters are searching for a reason why they came up short and why the offense was so abysmal. I will say this. They haven't had still a sustainable run game that they could really count on over this entire run. I've said it multiple times. I make the point over and over about the Bills. They make me nervous because Josh Allen is their leading rusher. And I do not think that's a great formula, either for your quarterback or for your team, your offense as a whole. Ultimately, they became a little bit too one-dimensional. Yeah, I know Devin Singletary, Naeem Hines, you did have some guys that would carry the ball, but not enough for it to be a viable option, a viable weapon. And once you fall behind 14-0, you tend to revert to what you do well, which is chuck and duck. As for the Stephon Diggs situation, now this has been talked about a ton uh, since Stephon in the fourth quarter was seen on the sidelines jawing at Josh Allen. Now, Josh seemed to ignore him. I don't know if he said anything with his head down, something that only Stefan and the guys around them would hear. But for the most part, it seemed like a one-sided outburst, and Josh chose to kind of let it go. But there were also the reports that Stefan raced into the locker room once the game was done, grabbed all his stuff, and left. A veteran member of the team coaxed him back into the locker room for a couple of minutes, only to have him leave again as soon as he was able. According to Sean McDermott, Diggs was there when he addressed the team, but he was really upset for obvious reasons. And so that was also a topic on Monday for both Sean McDermott as well as Josh Allen. Guys are competitive. Um, again, we don't want to lose. It's not fun losing. It's not fun losing that way. Um, so it's... It's all understood, you know. At the end of the day, uh, we got to be there for each other and and uh, continue to keep pushing forward. There weren't that you know that many opportunities, and again, defenses can game plan, um, you know, and try to take away your number one receiver, and you know that's uh, that's just a, the fact of it. And, you know, those guys on the other side of the ball get paid too, but um, just again, continuing to find ways to to get him the ball. What makes him good is is what you saw. Is he's very competitive, like we all are. Um, we work extremely hard at these jobs to, to, to be the best we can possibly be, and it hurts. And, um, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't want a guy that it, it doesn't hurt, right? So um, he put it all on the line out there. We put it all on the line, and tonight it wasn't good enough. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's the part that stings. So Stephon Diggs finally broke his silence. It didn't last very long. Uh, I didn't expect that it would, but he did finally take to Twitter to respond to all of the chatter. And I will read these three tweets in order. Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. That's only been liked 107,000 times. (laughs) Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. 
Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. And then finally, his third tweet, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. I mean, I feel like if you're if you're familiar with football and how this goes, this is more of clickbait. I, I mean, he's owning it. He's frustrated. He's upset. His coach and his teammates are not mad at him. Um, they're, they certainly know what a weapon he is and how passionate he is. And I feel like he's right. If you look at his tweets, the way they played is the part that's really upsetting. And so he had a different reaction. Okay. At least he cares. I don't think he hurt anyone, to the best of my knowledge. Back to the drawing board for the Buffalo Bills. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Now, compare the body language, if you saw it, but the tone of voice and the comments of of Josh Allen to one Trevor Lawrence, who is thrilled uh, that they were able to make the playoffs, but also is is starting to compare the Jags to the Chiefs, the team that just beat them this weekend. That's where we want to be. You know, that's 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 the standard is, you know, Kansas City. I think they're in their fifth straight AFC championship, and um, that's that's where you want to be. How did this playoff run make you feel about yourself and the Jags, Trevor? Just kind of that hunger that's left after coming up short. You know, I think everybody feels that and really excited moving forward. And that's, like, like, I, like we said after the game, what we said today is, like we set a new standard, and that's that's kind of we're not going to settle for anything less. And and obviously, there's more out there for us. A lot more, and and I think they're definitely going to be a team to watch going into this next season with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence as a tandem. We know the incredible impact that Doug, as a former NFL QB and a Super Bowl winning coach, brought instantly, not just to Trevor, but to the entire locker room. The credibility, the respectability, the knowledge of how to build a winning program. It's it's already working. It's paying dividends. They needed confidence. They needed some big steps. They needed to listen to him, to buy in. They certainly did all of that. But man, what an effect on Trevor Lawrence to have a quarterback who speaks his language and who knows how to get the best out of him. And so it's super cool to think about these two moving forward together as a tandem. Maybe it'll be like an Andy Reid and a Patrick Mahomes. And so Doug says, hey, Trevor understands now what it takes and we're going to build on that moving forward. Just knowing it. I mean, just having gone through it. You know, and now our, our job as a staff this this spring is is really to refine it, and and you know we want we want his input in that. You know, and and um, you know whatever he suggests, we we've got to listen to that and and really come up with a plan as we move forward. You know, with the offense, he's a obviously he's he's a big part of it, and uh, you know so that that's the exciting part I think as a staff as we get to go back through and watch our. Last last year we were watching all kinds of offenses. You know, we we're watching Philly stuff. We were watching Colt stuff. We were all kinds of, you know, stuff trying to put our system together. But now it's it's ours, and and um, you know we want his input on that. That's really exciting moving forward. I'm not gonna have to learn a new offense, and just to have that stability, um, it's really exciting for myself for for all of our guys on offense, and um, it's it's really exciting. See what I mean? He used the word exciting multiple times. Josh Allen did not use the word exciting. Nope. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Another of the teams that was conducting exit interviews on Monday, the New York Giants. Brian Dayball, first-year head coach. Well, they won their first playoff game in over a decade. 
And he was able to get the best out of Daniel Jones. Think about the relationship between Doug and Trevor. Just talked about it. How about the impact and the effect of Dayball on Daniel Jones, who had his best year even as he goes into free agency. So both Dayball as well as the GM, Joe Shane, talking about Daniel and whether or not they want to keep him in the fold. He's done everything that we've asked him to do um, as an offensive staff. And he's done a really good job with, you know, operating and executing our offense. I think he's made strides in a lot of different areas. Uh, certainly, we can all make strides in more. But he's, you know, he's been a good leader for us, played the quarterback position well for us, and I'm happy we had him. We'd like Daniel to be here again. He he said it yesterday. There's there's a business side to it, but um, we feel like Daniel played well this season. He's done everything that we asked him to do, and you know, again, there, there's a business side to it. We we haven't went down that road yet. Um, you know, we still got to have our meetings with our staff late in the week, and uh, we'll devise an off-season plan. But we, we haven't had those meetings yet, but uh, we would like to have Daniel Jones back. That's the first contract they have to address. The challenge then becomes, what do you pay Saquon Barkley? Because he's a running back, right? I mean, think about the Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard situation. And I won't elaborate on it too much other than to say Zeke got paid. And yet you see a very, I would say, a very um, recognizable drop-off in his production with the Cowboys as Tony Pollard excels up until the point at which he broke his leg on Sunday. So you're not paying Tony Pollard huge money. You're paying Zeke. Zeke's production, he's not even the number one option anymore. So in if you think about the number of rookie running backs who've had great success or guys that you can get off, say, the free agent scrap heap, uh, that's not a knock. Just you, you can find running backs in various places for cheaper money. If you pay Saquon and Daniel Jones, you're left with less money under the cap to be able to pay the other guys that will need contracts soon or to be able to bring in some high-profile free agents to complete your roster. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Tom Brady did co-host his Let's Go podcast with his longtime friend Jim Gray on Monday. I suspect that's why Tom had no problem using choice words when Jim asked him and kind of pressed him and poked the bear about Brady's future and his decision. Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Mm. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. How many people on the planet can actually poke the bear like that and and not feel intimidated when Brady comes back with a couple of F-bombs? But that's their relationship. They've been friends for years. Brady respects him. Gray recognizes that that Brady is an acquired taste, but also understands how to get the best out of him. And so he keeps poking. And the nickname that Brady has for Jim Gray is Scratchy. I don't know where it came from, but that's what he says. You're scratching. Scratchy, you're scratching at me. You're attempting to push me over the edge. Uh, they did spend a little bit of time talking about the Bucks' disappointment. Now, again, compare that with Josh Allen versus Trevor Lawrence. You can hear the palpable disappointment in Tom's voice. You do think about it, you know, because you wanted it to be different. And when I look at our season, we didn't earn it. You know, we just didn't earn it for a number of different reasons. And everyone's got different opinions. And, you know, there's different learnings for everyone, whether you're a first-year player, a 23rd-year player, whether you're an older coach or a younger coach. You know, hopefully you always take something out of it. You know, if you didn't, you would always end up in the same place. And no one wants to end up in the same place. Everyone wants to continue to achieve to – 
improve and get better. Still no real, legit, concrete decision from Brady, though his Bucks teammates are apparently saying on the side they don't believe he'll be back in Tampa. And his friend Julian Edelman said, no way. If he plays again, he's not going back to Tampa. By the way, <laughs> am I the only one who giggled at if you're a 23rd-year player? How many of those do we have in the league exactly? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pretty sure you can count them on one hand. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever exactly in the history of the NFL, there are only a few. <laughs> so Tom Brady waiting on his decision. That's he and Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast. Would you like to hear the latest on Patrick Mahomes? Of course you would. Andy Reid, the head coach, talking about his quarterback who he nearly had to threaten to get off the field on Sunday. Oh, Saturday. He's uh, worked hard um, in the treatment and is doing okay he told you guys i mean he he mentioned it to you that he's gonna play so i mean that's uh um that's his mindset and and then we'll just take it day by day and see how he does it's obviously not his decision but mahomes and his pain tolerance has a lot to do with it because mahomes on one leg to be fair, is still better than a lot of quarterbacks out there. He was delivering the football. The problem is he's not going to be mobile. And if the pocket breaks down the way that it did against the Jaguars, they got good pressure on him. He's going to he's gonna feel a lot of pain. How many times his offensive linemen were picking him up literally off the field in the second half, and he was grimacing. But he's got days to go. He's tough. <laughs> he may not be a hockey player, but he, he's got the toughness and the mentality of a guy who's skating the ice in the NHL. Mahomes magic! Isaiah Pacheco is just the latest of the Kansas City Chiefs to come out and speak about the toughness of Mahomes and the tone it set for them when the game was hanging in the balance on Saturday. He's a team player, and that shows for itself. Um... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. You know, we all working to get that one goal and um is to be determined. And um for us, for him to keep being the leader he is and, and me to keep uh, following the leaders and, and keep leading as well, um, it's all going to pay off. Uh, we build off of each other energy, and that's how it's going to play off from, from here on out. Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie running back on Sirius XM NFL Radio, 95 yards in their game against the Jaguars, and he had a, a breakout second half, right? With the injuries to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he had nearly 900 yards rushing and five touchdowns. And, man, that 40-yard run for him on Saturday was humongous when the Chiefs needed it. All right, a couple more here, and then we will take a break. Kyle Shanahan, really quickly, on how Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo are feeding into Brock Purdy. Jimmy's always doing his rehab and stuff and on a, a different schedule, but Trey, Trey hasn't missed one meeting and, he's not he, helping. He's, and everything, and he's really doing an awesome job helping out Brock through all this stuff. I know that he was just answering the question, but that made me laugh. Uh, Jimmy's he's just kind of doing his own thing. We don't even have any idea what Jimmy's doing, actually. He's just... Jimmy, uh, we know that for for real this time, we're n- he's not going to be with us next season. <laughs> All right. And then one more with Shanahan, who, by the way, is on a conference call, which is why the audio is a little bit grainy. But could we see Jimmy Garoppolo return in time for the NFC Championship? I don't think so. I think he gets x-ray tomorrow to see how um, things are going. I-, I believe so. But I still, same as last week, I'd be very surprised if he was out there this week. And really isn't today moot point because we've already heard from the Niners and multiple reports that Brock Purdy will remain their starting quarterback. If you missed my conversation with Tracy Sandler, she's a Niners insider, also the founder of Fangirl Sports Network, dedicated to women and helping them understand football more. But it's grown and now it's it's recognizable around the country with outlets really for every NFL team. She's great. Uh, she told us this awesome story about Brock Purdy and his poise in the huddle, but also this moment where he actually seemed like a rookie and what George Kittle said to him. It's good stuff. She had great intel on the Niners, so make sure you check that out on our podcast. But actually, you don't even need to go to our podcast because we tweeted the link. It's on my Twitter page, A Law Radio, or on our Facebook page. All you have to do is play, like hit the arrow. And it starts playing. (laughs) Actually, on Facebook, you have to agree to redirect to another website. But on Twitter, you just have to hit play. So it's really good prep for the upcoming NFC Championship game in Philadelphia. All right. We've got an update on an American who is attempting to reach her first ever major semifinal down under. Pagula, the names sound familiar. She is on the court right now in Melbourne, Australia. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. And just noticed on your skirt here, the number three, can you just talk to us a little bit about what that signifies? Yeah, um, I know, I saw a Buffalo Bills flag somewhere. The guy, I swear, he doesn't stop holding it. I don't know how his arms are still okay. (laughs) There it is. Um, But yeah, one of the the football players obviously had a really tragic accident and um, is just trying to show some support and kind of bridge Australian Buffalo, New York, which is very strange, but kind of bridge those two worlds together. Um, And he's recovered amazing, so it's been awesome to see this is after hours with amy lawrence how cool is that have three will travel 
A Buffalo Bills flag in the stands at the Australian Open in Melbourne in support of Jessica Pagula, who is the daughter of the Bills owners. I actually wondered, and I do not know the answer to this. I didn't have a chance to research it. It's probably somewhere in a story. I wonder if the Pagulas, Kim and Terry, were in Melbourne to support their daughter, or were they with the team? Because their, their daughters rise to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open, her attempts to win a first semi coincided with the Bills being in the snow in Orchard Park trying to get to the AFC Championship. And I don't think it's po- – I guess it could be possible. They could be in Melbourne now. But the idea of having to get on a plane almost immediately after your team loses and to – it's a, about a 24-hour trip to get to Australia from the Eastern Time Zone – I would assume they have private planes, private jets, not sure. Do those cross the ocean? That shows you how much I know about private anything. Um, but I don't know the answer to that. They obviously had a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and a lot of emotion uh, to, in that family. So Jessica Pagula into the quarterfinals where she is the highest remaining seed among the women because number one and number two were both upset. So Pagula, as an American, uh, going into the quarterfinals at number three, being the highest w- female ranked player left. That's it. Yeah, interesting feeling I guess I I still don't really feel like that because I mean I look at the draw and there's still girls that Rebecca Kino who won Wimbledon last year you have um Biko who does really well here you Caroline won the championship so like it doesn't really feel like I'm the highest left even though that's I guess a cool stat um it feels like there's still a long ways to go to be honest She is on the court right now. I wish we had it up. Producer Jay told me that it started at 3 a.m. Eastern, uh, obviously 3 o'clock Buffalo time, midnight Pacific time. But unfortunately, it's only on ESPN+. Plus, So I don't have the option. Yeah, no doubt they do that so that a little bit later on they can show it on TV. uh, And it's then supposed to be catching an audience that hasn't seen it. Uh, But she is trailing, and she is going up against an experienced opponent who's dealt with some injuries, which is why she's not ranked uh, currently or seated currently in the top 20. But but Victoria Azarenka is a familiar name in women's tennis, does have a ton of experience and success. And she won the first set 6-4 over Jessica and is leading 2-0 in the second set. And for women in the majors, you only need to win two sets. It's not like the men where you have to win three to advance. Pulling for her, hoping that she can turn this around. Uh, She attempts to reach her first semi because she is hungry to take that next step uh, in elite tennis and in the majors. I definitely want to obviously reach a semi. Um, I will be my first semi. I definitely think, I mean, I have a a great shot here. I think I'm playing my probably my all around throughout the whole tournament. I've been playing the best I have than in any um, than any of my other Grand Slam quarterfinals. So that I think helps. I think I feel more experienced coming in here. Um, it's always a new day, a new match, and um, new conditions, new everything. So you never know how you're, you're really going to feel. But I would say I definitely feel very confident, um, you know, going into this quarterfinal that I'm, I'm playing the best tennis. And I have a very good chance of making a semi. And, um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, you know, trying to to get through to that to get to a semi would be would be amazing I can't believe I've made quarters here three years in a row I mean it's gone by like so fast it feels like I was just here last year like doing all of this so I'm really proud of myself how I've been able to take it one match at a time 
USA, USA. Awesome that she's had the success and that she feels confident and more comfortable down under on the hard courts. However, she is trailing one set, uh, one set to love and then down to love in the second set. So we'll keep you posted because that will likely uh, be done before we're finished here in the next 90 minutes. Unless she rallies and forces a third set. Let's hope that is the case. So she is one high profile American still alive down under. It's unfortunate that two American men are facing each other in the quarterfinals for a chance to get to the semis. And there's a couple of really cool stories here. So Tommy Paul, we'll hear from him first. He is into the quarterfinals at the Aussie and is a name uh, that you would know if you follow tennis. He's been around a bit, but trying to have a breakthrough appearance in Melbourne. I just learned that I get a an extra badge when I come back here next year, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Um, now, in all seriousness, I'm I'm really excited, man. Uh, it's like you know every person's dream when they start playing tennis to play the big matches at the Slam. So um, I'm really excited to get out there on uh, Wednesday. And uh, we know that there's going to be an American in the semi, so really excited for that, too. Yeah, how about this? Tommy Paul is ranked 35th in the world, okay? So he's had some success, but again, he's trying to break through and really capitalize on this opportunity. He is taking on the 89th ranked player in the world, who is a 20-year-old American, Both of these guys are unseated, so they're not even ranked high enough to be seated among the best players down under. Ben Shelton, what an awesome story. He's 20 years old. He's a college student at Florida, now taking his classes and completing his coursework online while he is traveling. It's his first time out of the United States. And he's into the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. It's his first time using a passport, you guys. And yet he is into the quarterfinals of the Australian Open. What a cool story and what a an awesome start for him. I mean, he's so early in his career. This could be a phenomenal kind of springboard for him moving forward in 23. I feel great. Um, it's been a pretty special week for me. Um, definitely a lot of a lot on my plate. Um, playing my first Grand Slam outside of the United States and uh, starting school this week. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a lot, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Isn't that amazing? But how exactly do you balance your schoolwork with your Grand Slam aspirations? <laughs> No, no exams yet. So it's going to get interesting when uh, my exam dates might confl- conflict with some of my matches. But it's been uh, a few assignments here and there, pretty easy stuff. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Good for him. So remember the name, Ben Shelton, 20-year-old college student at the University of Florida. He will take on Tommy Paul in an All-American semi uh, quarterfinal. Excuse me for a shot in the semis. But how about this? This is pretty crazy. Uh, this is the first. All-American quarterfinal at a major since 2007. You guys, 2007. That's how long since the Americans have had a dominant presence. Really, we've had Marty Fish. We had some Andy Roddick. Those were the two that met in the quarterfinals of a major in 2007. But the U.S. Open 20 years ago, that's the last time an American male won a major singles title. 
Andy Roddick, 20 years ago, it's been a long drought. It's been too long for U.S. tennis. On the men's side, we've obviously had the Williams sisters, Serena Williams, and there are some good young players in both men's and women's tennis. We need them to have breakouts. So following this excited, I'm sorry, again, I wish that I could give you or I could tell you what it looks like, how it's going. Um, I can't right now because it's only on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but I do see the scores are updating. Pagula did win a game in the second set, but is still trailing one set and one game now in the second set. So we'll keep you updated as we head through this edition of After Hours. Coming up, your choice for TD of the Week and our Defensive Player of the Week, fresh off the Dynamic Division. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Round. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Made a guy miss. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom steps center zoning into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Kansas City Chiefs. Tenth play of the drive, 20-17 Chiefs. 7.22 to go in the game. Mahomes, again, that right ankle is the one that's bothering him. That's in front of the left, feet staggered. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws late, wide open, back of the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a six-yard touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles. First and goal at the two. High snap. Give goes to Boston Scott. He pushes forward. He's in for the touchdown. The giant killer has another one. He just runs under everybody. (laughs) He's powerful. He's low to the ground. And he has the moves to get the ball into the end zone. The Cincinnati Bengals. 
Joe waits for the shotgun snap. He catches. Pump fakes to the right. Oh, got throws to the got end him. zone. It is caught <laughs> by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown. <laughs> Bengals. Burrow sucked the Bills in with the pump fake. And Hayden Hurst was wide open at the goal line. The San Francisco 49ers. Tenth play of the drive. Six runs, three passes, two holds for Dallas, as you noted. And here we go. Looking to get in the end zone for the first time today. And take the lead back. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. McCaffrey goes left. Ebo goes in motion. Right. Purdy out of the shotgun. Kittle and Juszczyk are right. Uh, Ayuk the other side. Hand off McCaffrey. Touchdown! San Francisco! Listen to the noise behind the Niners, of course. Uh, Also, there were plenty of Bengals fans in Orchard Park. It was pretty incredible to hear who day chants in Highmark Stadium. Uh, The Eagles, clearly their fans were roaring from the start. And the Chiefs, all about supporting their Chiefs, of course. Well, supporting their players, excuse me, but also supporting Patrick Mahomes, who was out there on one and a half legs. Those are your candidates for TD of the week. So we're asking you to choose. We're going to give you a second poll. We're going double-fisted, baby. We've got one already about disappointment. Who was the greater disappointment with a divisional round exit? Was it the Bills or the Cowboys? Because the Jaguars and Giants, you know the phrase, playing with house money. But for the most part, they had already exceeded expectations even internally, I would say. Now, you expect to win every game when you step on the field, but big picture, we're not supposed to be here. (laughs) So who suffered the greater disappointment? Because not all disappointment is created equal. So we have that poll up on Twitter, A-Law Radio, as well as on our Facebook page, and you are blowing it up. But we're going to add a second one for TD of the week. And here's how we did it. We picked one from each game. We actually, and I was hoping for a defensive touchdown this weekend, but we didn't have one. (laughs) So instead, we've got to choose our defensive player of the week from another part of the uh, the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be a scoring opportunity, but it can snuff out the scoring opportunity of your opponent. Allen back to throw on second and five. Pump fakes. Now he's going to launch it deep downfield. Intercepted by Cam Taylor Britt. And that is officially Coffin Nail. Bam, bam, bam. Three are left, two are right. Here's Prescott back. Has time. Throws out left. Intercepted. Ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. Jimmy Ward tipped the ball. And Fred Warner with the INT. Pick City, baby. First and 10 at the Philadelphia 49. Pistol formation. Barkley in motion left. Jones fires it right. And it's intercepted by the Eagles at midfield. Oh, they just baited him. And James Bradbury gets the pick and touchdown at the Giant 49. See, that leaves out the Chiefs, and I knew it the second we started that defensive run of highlights. I love those, but we cannot forsake the huge plays that were made at the end of the Chiefs game against the Jaguars. Okay, so really quickly, let me run through your 
your options for TD of the week. You've got Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. Uh, that clearly was the return, the culmination. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> able to throw a touchdown pass despite the fact that he is grimacing and his offensive linemen are picking him up and trying to carry him from uh, from point to point on the field. But yes, he provided a huge spark in returning. So was it a hobbled Patrick Mahomes in throwing a touchdown pass in the second half for the Chiefs? Uh, the Eagles, I mean, they just let Boston Scott, fr- they set him free against the Giants, uh, and he always does his thing. So Merrill Reese on Eagles radio, was that 21 nothing? That make it 21 nothing? I lost count after a while, I got to be honest. Sorry, Producer Jay. Uh, Jay was probably busy drowning his sorrows. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on Bengals radio. Man, that Hayden Hurst touchdown throw from Joe that put them up by 14 points in that first quarter. It completed an incredible 11 minutes. Both sides of the ball. Overwhelming effort for the Bengals that set the tone in Buffalo. Finally, Greg Papa on Niners radio. And yes, Christian McCaffrey capping what was their only touchdown drive of the game. They needed it. It gave them their margin. It also ate a ton of time off the clock. And if you're Brock Purdy, what do you do? You rely on your veteran weapons, all the guys around you. Then our defensive plays, we had interceptions by the Eagles, uh, by the Bengals, and obviously by the Niners. And to me, the biggest defensive play, and I'm going to give Fred Warner our defensive player of the week. It's sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD, the veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. The reason why that Fred Warner interception was so damaging to the Cowboys is because of when and where it occurred. It occurred in the red zone. The Cowboys had worked hard to get into that red zone. And Fred Warner stifles the drive and does it right before they got into the halftime locker room. So it was devastating on multiple accounts. He also had nine tackles in a pass defense. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.